Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Friends, I am excited to be here with you virtually to speak today about lingering testimonies from Psalm 116. Lingering testimonies from Psalm 116. Friends, I've been told that testimonies are extremely good for the soul. Sharing personally or hearing the stories about how God has moved, how God has acted upon someone's behalf is energizing and food for the journey. Friends, I believe that in all of our spiritual life journeys, we could all stand to use a bit more testimonies. You see, testimonies are like vegetables to believers. They strengthen us and they help our lives to thrive. However, sadly, my friends, many of us conceal our testimonies, believing that our stories are not even worth sharing. But I want you to throw that in the trash can because that is not true. God is forever working in all of our lives, and we should feel compelled to share how God has loved, rescued, and been awesome in all of our lives. But friends, I want you to know from the outset, I too am guilty of concealing what I should have revealed. As I think about revealing things, even to you virtually, I remember years ago that I was on a youth trip and got the bright idea to go whitewater rafting with all of my students. I had never done this before. This was totally outside of my norm, but I let some high school seniors pump me up to believe that this would be a grand experience. And I remember we were in the water, in the raft, and we were having a good old time when all of a sudden I heard the God say that we are approaching the most turbulent part of the water. Look out for each other and everyone please remain inside of the raft. All of a sudden, the water began to move us from side to side and jerk us and pull us. And we had absolutely no control of this raft when all of a sudden we hit a rock and I flew out of the raft into the most turbulent part of the water. I tried to fight to get my way up to get some oxygen at the time. However, the water was so forceful that it continued to fling me down further and further and further. And I began to think that I was going to die. The raft that we tried to navigate but could not some way somehow stayed in close proximity with me. When all of a sudden I looked up and in the water, the guide from our raft stuck the end of his oar into the water and it was in my vicinity and I grabbed it and he pulled me to safety. Friends, God at this moment used people to rescue me. God at this moment sovereignly supervised this experience to continue my life instead of me dying. 
And I want you to know that we serve a savior who sovereignly supervised all of our lives and writes our stories and it's on us to share our testimonies with others. Our testimonies encourage others. Our testimony edifies others. Our testimony exalts God. But the huge question that I even want to ask all of you virtually is, who is God to you? In Psalm 116, God is described as righteous, gracious, compassionate, and one who rescues us. How we view God, my friends, is revealed totally when we are presented with challenging moments in life. When tough times enter our lives, do we trust that God is with us or do we question if God cares? The author of this psalm believed and trusted that God, in fact, does see, know, and cares. In Psalm 116, it can be summarized with one word. Get ready. Repeat after me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is the summary of this psalm. Because, see, this psalm is from the grouping of psalms categorized as the Egyptian Hallel, which were sung yearly at Passover. Hallel is short for hallelujah, which means praise, which is why you hear the psalmist's words leap out of the Bible and into our hearts. Beginning in verse one, the psalmist sings, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. The psalmist here is full of excitement, but it is amazing to be blessed by God. But yet, on the other hand, it is frustrating to wait on God. Think about it, friends. It's frustrating to pray and to wait for an answer from God. It's nerve wracking. It causes you to bite your nails, it, to have your life plagued with uncertainty. When we don't experience an immediate response from God, when we can't get instant gratification from God, we tend to become anxious. We try to fix things on our own or we get into the question phase of God, where are you? Do you even care? But the psalmist here, it says to all of us in a contemporary manner, you are not alone. Because the psalmist in our text today in Psalm 116 knows all about being in the waiting room waiting on God. Listen to what happened to the psalmist in the waiting room right here in verse 3. The text says, the cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. These words of anguish, distress, and sorrow are not appetizers in the meal of suffering. This word anguish, these words distress and sorrow are the main course in the meal of suffering. But yet through it all, the psalmist has found himself in the waiting room. Yes, but what I want to impress upon you is simply a question. Maybe, yes, you're quarantined right now. Maybe, yes, you're waiting for some prayers to be answered. Maybe, yes, you're wondering where God is. But as you wait, what are you doing? As you wait, is your productivity level rising 
or decreasing? As you wait, is your relationship with God expanding and growing or is it honestly fading away? The psalmist here, when he was in the waiting room, waiting on the great physician, he continued to pray to God. And because he prayed to God, he experienced later on the huge blessings of God. You can tell the psalmist has experienced some answered prayers from God because in verses four through six, the psalmist sings better than Beyonce here when he says, then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unweary. When I was brought low, the Lord saved me. Friends, the waiting room is not fun. Friends, the waiting room is frustrating. But in the words of Andrew Murray, I want you to join in this prayer because I join in it now. Father, please teach us how to wait. You see, waiting means that we trust God to do it. Waiting communicates to God trust that we can't do it ourselves. Waiting means we trust that God will deliver instructions and we just need to pray right now. God, please teach us how to wait. We are assured that when we wait on God, God acts on our behalf and God builds our testimony. In case you don't believe me and you're still wrestling about being in the waiting room, listen to Isaiah's words in chapter 40, verse 31. Isaiah encourages all of us waiting by saying, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I know that waiting is annoying. I know that waiting is frustrating, but waiting communicates trust in God. And you better know that God builds our testimonies in the waiting rooms of our lives. But yet with melodious lyrics that are impactful and true, the psalmist hits a high G in verses 7 through 14 by singing, Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said I am greatly afflicted. In my alarm, I said everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In these beautiful lyrics, we capture a snapshot of the psalmist full of gratitude as he recounts the dynamic and the beautiful works of the Lord. The lyrics to this psalm share that the Lord has saved the psalmist's life. He wiped his tears. He held him up instead of allowing him to fall and blessed him to walk in his God-giving blessings while remaining alive. That's some good stuff, y'all. But even here, when the psalmist became anxious, just like many of us, even here when the psalmist became fearful and uncertain, just like many of us, about what the future held, here it is, don't miss this, the psalmist remained dependent on God. Even when the psalmist was dependent on God, it did not stop his paranoia. 
Because we see that the, the psalmist even got paranoid and said, even when I claimed everybody was a liar, the Lord continued to provide. And for this reason, the psalmist gives a holy hallelujah. The, for this reason, the psalmist chooses to offer great praise and thanksgiving to God. For God's love, the psalmist says, I'll lift up the cup of salvation. Friends, but the psalmist invites all of us to the praise party as well, simply because we know Jesus and we can too lift high Jesus in great jubilation because God through Jesus Christ on the cross 2000 plus years ago saved all of us. And that sacrifice right there should make us dance in times of pain. That right there should make us praise Christ in the midst of chaos. And we should be so excited even at this moment of quarantine. Why? Because we are not forgotten by God. Yes, I say it again. We are not forgotten by God. Yet I understand, my friend, that we are not perfect. And sometimes when we're faced with challenges, our faith does begin to waver like some water on a seashore. But thanks be to God, because when our faith wavers, God's providence remains firm. You see, providence, that means the protective care of God. In case you don't believe we're all beneficiaries of God's providence, just walk with me to a time as I look back over one of my friend's lives. I once had a friend that lost a parent, a friend, and a significant other all in the course of a month. In my friend's grieving process, he lived recklessly, recklessly to the point that he refused to commit to any of the responsibilities that he knew he was in charge of. He would not go to work. He would not complete any of the necessary coursework for his classes. He was down and he was out. But I watched God show his providence to him. I watched God walk with him because he sent people to talk to this person's manager so he would never get fired from his job. I watched God dispatch people who were led by him to make sure that he committed to doing all of his work in school. I watched God give teachers grace to dispense to him instead of failing him, maybe like he deserved. I watched God's providence in action by saving this person from their own worst enemy and their own worst enemy in this time was themselves. God, my friend, has a way of saving us here from us. Mm -hmm. God has a way of standing in the way of our self-sabotage and still showing himself faithful. We all have experienced God's protective care. If by chance you still think this thought is aching to you, just think about it. As we wake up healthy each morning in the midst of a pandemic, that's God's providence. As we have the money or parents to purchase food, that's God's providence. And for his providence, his protective care, we like the psalmist should have an attitude of gratitude and an offering of hallelujahs for how God has saved us, how God has protected us, how God has rescued us, how God has loved us, how God has helped us, and how God has cared for us. Friends, even in your living room, the coffee shop, or wherever you may be right here, young and old, we can thank God for his providence. 
Friends, right here through the text, right here, we see that even when our faith shakes, God's providence remains firm. But it's yet in verses 15 through 19 that we see some notes and hear some notes better than even that of Rihanna. The lyrics in verses 15 through 19 are better than any song on Apple Music or even Spotify because it captures praise and God's deliverance rolled up into one song. Listen to the lyrics. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly, I am your servant. Lord, I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vow to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Friends, as I read these lyrics, verse 15 arrested my attention. I didn't understand what he meant when he said precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Death, precious, what? But then verse 15, I begin to see, it shows us that God desires that we live our entire life faithful to him until we transition. Friends, there is no off day with our faith. Sure, our faith may waver based on maybe what we see and the calamity that we could experience. But as Paul declared in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, we are people that walk by faith and not by sight. We are God's children. We are children of God and we have to trust that God has a divine plan. And for God's providence, his protective care, we can join the praise party and lift high the cup of salvation with a hallelujah. Friends, I was recently asked by one of my friends who happened to be an interviewer how I remained hopeful in the midst of uncertain and tragic times. I shared for, to him that what helps me is that I go back to a tragic time in my life where I was filled with grief and not joy. I think about how I ran completely the other way from God, but God remained close to me. I told this person that if God can save me from me, then I know that God can save me from everything else. I know the inner workings of Joshua. I know how Josh works. And if God won't allow me to stand in the way of God's providence, then I just believe that God won't allow any outside factor to stand in his way as well. Friends, for every time that the Lord has saved you from anxious thoughts, you should say thank you. For every time that the Lord has worked in spite of you, you should say thank you. For every time that you've been fearful and immobilized, but the Lord kept moving, we need to say thank you. And this is what the psalmist is saying, that when life captured me, when fear captured me, when I was uncertain, the Lord kept working. And for him working, I raise a hallelujah. I say thank you, Jesus, because it was all a part of my testimony. Friends, testimonies are good for the soul. They encourage us. They help us and give us fruit for life's journey. And so my challenge to you right now, today, this week, is that you begin to look over your life and chronicle, write it down in the journal. Tell us, how is God moving in your life? How are you experiencing God's providence? But maybe 
you've watched this and you may not have a relationship with God and you need to know Jesus and you feel God moving in your heart, well, then I just want you to repeat a prayer after me from wherever you are. Repeat that I accept that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I admit that I believe and admit that I am a sinner in need of God's love and I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. If you have just said that prayer, we are uber excited for you. And I would love it if in the comment section you'd let us know or simply go on spdl.org and let us know how God's moving in your life. We can't wait to journey with you. But if you'd like more information about what's going on at Second Ponce as we serve a perfect God in the midst of being imperfect people, again, go on spdl.org or drop us a note right there in the comment section. We want to hear from you. But friends, do not forget, chronicle, write down how God is moving in your life. We want to hear it. Tell us about it. Our together takeaway today is very simple. It's this. Our life stories are written by God, shared by us, and encourage us all. Friends, God's writing your testimony. Share it with others. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.